We interrupt this program to bring you a special news. We interrupt this program to bring you a special news. We interrupt this program to bring you this important bulletin from the United States. This is not a test. Every Tuesday, the Journey into Comics Network will bring you The Poor Rapport, your one-stop podcast shop for everything news and topics of personal interest. I am your host, Andrew Poor, and you can hear me every Tuesday. The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics. Podcast about everything nerd with your hosts Nate Phillips and Brandon Stone. We've come a long way from the Prime Minister's exploding cake, or have we? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's episode 166. I'm your host, Nate, and today we're going to take things to the upside down. It's all about Stranger Things. I've brought a couple friends along. As always, joining me on the podcast today, my co-host, Brando. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me once again, Nate. How are you doing today? Dude, I'm doing really good. I've been really amped up to do this show since we decided we wanted to do this show. And then I didn't finish the show. So (laughs) we had to delay this by a week. Uh, But... uh, I'm so excited to finally be doing it. Today we've brought a couple guests along. I will let you introduce your side co-host for the day. Well, uh, this is the very first time we're actually doing a podcast together. Uh, she has her own show here on the Journey to Comics Network. The co-host of Butt Stuff, my wife, Caitlin. Hi. Dude, uh, Caitlin, how does it feel to finally be... I think this is like... I'm trying to think about this now. You were on one episode, like Holiday Bullshit 2? Oh, yeah. When I almost peed on the couch. When you almost peed on Joanna's couch. <laughs> but I don't think you've appeared on, like, a regular episode of this show to, like, nerd out. And no. I'm really excited that you're joining us today. Uh, I'm a huge fan of butt stuff. So, well, podcast, butt stuff podcast. (laughs) (laughs) See, you got me there. Same, though, same. Gotcha. Your show is just, it's serving its purpose well. Today, joining me as my co-host, she is also a part of the Journey into Comics Network family, co-host and co-creator of Foodies Watching Movies. Veronica, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. I'm glad you're here. Brando... What do you think, you know, we're going to talk about Stranger Things today, but I feel like where, how do you even begin this unless we kind of reflect a little bit on like the going ons of season one and how they built this universe? You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, because like we never did a show covering Stranger Things uh, proper for season one. We, we watched it. We didn't watch it in stereo, kind of like we did this time. I think you guys had watched it first when it first came out, and we waited until like the holiday, like when I had time off from work, and we just kind of binged it over a day or two and watched it that way. And we and we sort of sprinkled in some conversation here and there, but uh, to really dive in to do a, a special about the new season here, like what they were able to do uh, with this show, it 
it's funny because I remember when we first started watching it is I said, wow, this is <coughs> almost like they have taken like Steven Spielberg, the 80s Spielberg, and put, and put a little bit of Stephen King dust on it. And literally in the show, they say this is like, a, like Stephen King stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to say it was like like maybe ten minutes later that they had said that, and that, it blew me away. But they were able to really do something unique with this and um, create not just a nostalgia show, but a really good like kind of like a sci-fi story that if you would put the film grain on this and release it on VHS, you would for a second think that, that this was actually made in the eighties. Yeah, I um, absolutely agree with that. They were able to do such a good job. They got such a great cast. All the kids are really well cast. Uh, the only downside from season one is that we don't get a whole lot of Will, who's the character who gets uh, you know, kidnapped or gets lost into the uh, upside down for pretty much the entire season. But the, but the best thing about that is is that they make up for that uh, with the thing with with the season that we're really going to talk about. But they were able to like. There was also a little bit of a, like like a little bit of X Files e type stuff here um, with like the government and all that kind of stuff being involved and um, the, I just really feel like they they had a they, they made a good basis for where they could go and I also kind of said before that it besides the little teasers that they put in towards the end of like the very last episode that there was going to be more to come they could have maybe found a way to end it and have it just be Maybe one, the only like unanswered question would be whatever happened to Eleven. Yeah, uh, you, you could have definitely wrapped that season and left that as the only unanswered question, for sure. And sure, it would leave you wondering, but that's like a good question to leave you wondering. Because then your mind makes up different theories and all this kind of stuff. And But because it was a good, well-wrapped up story uh, by the end of it. Like there was, there wasn't, like they could definitely do more with it, but they didn't, they wouldn't have had to, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the 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 tail end of season one. There are a couple little things, and I was we were watching Beyond Stranger Things today, and the Duffer Brothers were talking about there were only two things they really wanted to leave. Will's not all better from being in the Upside Down, and you see that you know there's the scene where he's in front of the mirror, it glitches to the Upside Down. He's you know spits what we learn is dart out of his mouth. Uh, and then the uh, the egos being left for eleven. So when this next season picks up, we are we, the kind of the groundwork has been laid out. We know that Hopper is going to have something to do with eleven, and I love you know right out of the gate where that is. Uh, but just getting down into it, let's start with a little bit of Q and A here around the around the first couple episodes. Uh, what did you guys think about the first like? two or three episodes of this season uh we'll start with caitlin first um i really enjoyed them i mean i enjoyed the entire season both of them but um i liked that we got to see a little bit more of will and um we get to see like what's going on at hawkins national lab because you know like in the first couple episodes he has his first episode if that makes sense. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just, I enjoyed them. 
Awesome. V, what did you think about uh, the first few? Is there anything that kind of stood out in your mind as they uh, hit the ground running? I can't wait to see where this season takes us. <laughs> well, <laughs> we totally just like finished watching it recently, so it's still, like fresh in my head, and I was obsessed with the season just as much as I was the first season. Um, I loved it. I-, I loved it. I thought it was great. I'm super pleased that we binge-watched it. And um, I thought the first couple of episodes were were great because it was kind of like doing a lot of character development. I know there was a lot of like talk about episode seven being like either a hit or miss episode. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. You know, what do you think about episode seven? It's like the standalone episode with Eleven and her backstory with eight. who we learn is like her sister in the in the lab. Man, that's a damn just. Through, uh, through. That's a great question. So, if we're jumping to episode seven here to cover that real quick, uh, <laughs> as we're going all over the place, and that's that's awesome in typical journey into comics <laughs> yeah, fashion. Sorry, tangent. No, no, no. That's fine because if we're talking just specifically about that, because I think it's a good place to go because it doesn't do a lot for the main episode or the the main arc of the season, but it does help to further eleven to meet. Like the rest of the path. group at the end and ch- exactly choose yeah. her path whether she continues on with eight and lives this life of crime where she's little punk rock badass 11 Trying or if find, she's like where her home is like where she fits in or if she's gonna decide like i'm gonna go ahead and just go back and help will in the group because they are you mike in the group because they need me and uh, she can sense that and that's one thing i want to say too is uh this season had to do such amazing th- things because Season one, these characters are developed to a point, and you could kind of just play that same archetype for every character and have no change. But this season did a really good job of moving the chess pieces around going, you know what, we're going to put Will with Steve, and we're going to put Lucas, or Will with Steve, I mean Dustin with Steve, and uh, you know. Their bromance is like rapidly becoming my favorite thing about Stranger Things too. Yes, like interactions with each other. It was it was pretty cute. Steve is my MVP for this season. Yeah, Steve the MVP, the unsung hero, or most improved player. I'm not sure how you'd word that, but he he went from like my least favorite season one character because he's just so douchey to like turn into this character now where he's like really funny and genuine, and he's trying to do the right thing, and he's taken. Almost being a parental figure to these kids a little more seriously. He's trying to protect right. them. He totally reminded me of Josh Brolin from Goonies, his character. There's yeah. a lot of Goonies references. Absolutely. With Sean Astin, of course, which I loved. I loved Bob. He was my my new favorite character, R.I.P. Bob Spoilers ahead. Uh, I'm going to jump back because I, I don't want to forget about this. We were talking about the first couple episodes, and I wanted to start there because Brando... I want to get your thoughts on the first couple episodes when the arcade is so heavily featured. And, like, as as a gamer myself and a nerd, like, that was so much fun to be having them explore that world. And, like, the episode title is Mad Max. And that it can be, like, a double callback reference. You know, the 80s Mel Gibson movie, Mad Max. And or just, you know, talking about a character getting the uh, top spot in uh, Dig Dug. What did you think about that, how the arcade stuff went down? Well, uh, first of all, to answer the first part of your question about the first couple of episodes, I liked how everything slowed down to set up the new basis for the new season. It just 
it did it just didn't hit the ground running uh, it it established the new norm it was a year later things had calmed down um for for almost everybody except for will because of due to the post like traumatic stress or anything right. like that um, yeah that kid is never going to be normal again right but it, like as far as everything else goes it's like you're just kind of seeing them live out their daily life you know like and, and the arcade serves in this season like the dungeon of dragons did for the first uh season yes absolutely like, uh a setting to sort of like get the kids together something that they can all enjoy together something that they kind of corral around right and uh uh, I mean, uh, of course, being a video gamer, it was pretty cool to see some of that, and, and especially to see like such a uh, prominent center on 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 Dig Dug was pretty funny too. Uh, that they chose that particular uh, machine or game uh, to really uh, help be the uh, the cornerstone of, inter- of introducing a brand new character to the group, uh, which I thought was also pretty well done. Uh, in, in that regard, but that's also like the arcade stuff is the first time that we see Will have a so-called episode, or rather, what seems to be like he can just kind of like he's kind of stuck in between our world and the upside down. He can like sort of see into the upside down and inter- and and interact with it without going into um, the sort of like big fuzzy like gooey looking portal vagina type thing that's in Hawkins lab. Um, And apparently also under some random fields. Yes. Yes, of course. Yes. It just has like some, some caverns. Right. I think that's, (laughs) that's it in like beyond stranger things that, you know, uh, Netflix extra show or whatever we were watching earlier. They said that they chose that game because it was supposed to like mirror Mm. the, um, you know, the, the parallels, yeah, yeah, thanks. Of like the tunnels below Hawkins and the tunnels in Dig Dug, and then you know, like uh, I think they referenced that it was had something to do with the Mind Flayer and the Spy too, with Dig Dug, but I can't. I don't remember. I can't recall. They they do a lot of cool um, interaction and double meaning and uh, and like uh, analogy. Uh, stuff like that with the, with the dig dug and then the the caverns going through um, through Hawkins and then uh, then um, of course at the end uh, well and, and and of course we'll get there but the song that they choose to end the season with um, kind of parallels with like it's not over yet you know with the whole uh, police oh song, yeah uh, that creepy stalker song like. Yeah, <laughs> every breath, oh. every breath you take, or something every, like, like every breath you take, I'll be watching you. And then, of course yeah, that's the, a creepy I mean, song. I love that song though. It's I, yeah, I love yeah, the it's beat. a good song, but it's creepy. Um, you would. I really like some some you know some Sting and Police stuff, man. It's it's pretty cool. Even so much that you know Bruno Mars even uh, knocks him off from time to time. Yeah, he does. Uh, you know, this season was really good about as I was saying the doing the character building. So let's talk about a little bit about some of the new characters we have here to introduce. We get, you know, you've talked a little bit about Max. You've got uh, Max's brother, Billy, is a newbie. You've got Bob, Dr. Owens. We've got eight. I'm trying to think. Is there? Oh, uh, uh, um, Murray. You can't forget Murray. Oh, yeah, the creepy pedophile drunk guy. Not my favorite character. I kind of liked him. Yeah, I mean, he was funny. 
and I guess because it this takes place in the 80s and it's less PC, you can kind of get away with saying weird things in front of high school kids, I guess. But yeah, he was kind of a... He totally sleaze. coerced Jonathan and Nancy to bone, though. Yeah, that was weird. That was a, a long-awaited union, you know. What I lo- One of the things that I love about Stranger Things is that they never, like... They, it's always satisfying, you know. I'm always satisfied after I'm done binge watching that show. Like everything that I wanted to have happen happens. It's like even though they leave you hanging a little bit, everything is still kind of buttoned up and neat and tidy. Right, and I'm okay with that because it leaves me excited for the next season. Which Nate, exactly. didn't, weren't you telling me there was only going to be like four seasons total or something like that? Correct. Brando and I covered that a couple journey into comics ago. One thing I really liked um, about this season as well is, and, and we've already mentioned it, but every single main character has growth. They do something with them. Absolutely. Right. No, uh, no main character that started this season ended it in the same place. Right. And I think that's a job well done because it's very easy with only having a limited number of episodes. This is why I like this shorter television stuff because it it really challenges you to write good, cohesive television. Right. And, and this show doesn't shy away from like just character development straight up, you know, as well mm-hmm. as plot. You know, it's it's got it's the whole thing, like the whole package. There was only, as, as we mentioned, episode seven, there's only the one episode that really deviates and only kind of focuses on like one main character but that was a story that needed to happen right to further the plot line to get her to where she needed to go yes imagine if this show was 24 episodes right it would probably be too much sure you know yeah you know we all want more stranger things it's a good show but as you said it, it might be too much you might be you would have a full episode devoted to mike's mom Right. And, uh, <laughs> oh god! Oh my gosh! And the most mother. absent parent in the entire show. Can Ted, we just take a second to talk Ted. about? We, we like, okay, so they were the most like oblivious parents in seasons one, and like season one and two. And two. Oh, absolutely. And, like, more so in season two. More so. But those people like, are dude. real. Like those people are those were real people. Believe me. <laughs> Their kids. They haven't been home in days. <laughs> Right. Don't they have school? Well, they're at alleys, whatever. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, oh, yeah they're over mom. there. They're doing oh, okay. this. Doing I'll that. be in my staying bathtub at, drinking s- Chardonnay. Staying at Will's and flirting house. with someone's no teenage brother. Yes, the whole sexual tension between Mike's mom and Billy was like. Oh, my God. He's so, so gross, gross in this show. <laughs> he's not gross in real life. Can we talk about that for a minute? Nate wasn't yeah, aware yeah, that he's, he's really Australian. He's Australian. He played. Uh, he was Jason in the new Power Rangers movie. Yeah, and yeah, oh yeah, and he's like a studly looking, almost Helmsworth esque looking, handsome motherfucker, (laughs) like on that level. Yes, he's very Australian. And he totally killed the me thinking he was a sleazy actual American because I thought they just like found somebody who's really that person. (laughs) Like he does such a great job of looking that role. Like they pulled an actual racist out of Indiana for this show. Like. It's not a far stretch. <laughs> not a far stretch at all. I mean, yeah, no. I feel like I, I, I feel like my mom went to high school with a guy like that. Oh, you know? yeah, totally. Like oh. looking back at her old yearbooks and stuff. He kind of reminds me of what Billy Madison was when he was first in high school. Yeah. Like, and then like because but when didn't you see have him go like back the to high horrible school, horrible home life thing. 
you know well, like how yeah, about that okay. scene that was fucking terrible to watch like i it make it made me very uncomfortable when he started crying because <laughs> oh, it's like yeah, you want to fucking hate this guy but they're trying to slightly humanize him in this way like to explain why he is the way he is and why he's so angry you know but that's a good touch though because then because then you do get it and right. it, and it, it gives his character it more it, complexity and he's not it, just like this antagonist douchebag He's not without sympathy right. because then at that point, in that moment, you yes, this guy's a douchebag. But he's taking his shit but, out on Steve. Yeah. and But what I was saying, though, is that, like, I just remembered, like, when I saw this guy, like, racing down, like, the streets and listening to less music, it, it reminded me of the scene from Billy Madison when when uh, Adam Sandler pulls up to the high school in his in his car with his jean jacket mm-hmm. with his tour shirt on blaring uh, Billy Squire mm-hmm. and like, acting like he's all cool and all like the 90s kids are like... Didn't he have like a like, Thunderbird or something? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or a Firebird. I think it was a Firebird. Yeah, it was oh, a Firebird. Man. It was a Firebird. Uh, but no, Billy is one of those characters that... He has to be the villain, and he does serve a purpose because he makes you hate Steve less. So, like, the transition from Steve kind of, you know, he does find a lot of redemption in season one, Steve's character does. But by season two, the, like, the midpoint, you're just like, man, this guy's kind of awesome. Uh, and then Steve becomes like, everybody's Because he's suffering from... He doesn't get Nancy's ultimate goal of, like, she wants justice for Barb for real, and he doesn't realize how far she's willing to take that. And Jonathan is, so he facilitates that for her. I'm going to help you solve this case. I'm going to help you close that chapter. And it makes it hard for Steve because then there's a wedge driven between them. So, like I said, I think the Billy being so shitty right when Steve is, like, getting dumped and having all this shit go wrong with him helps you to really go okay i can sympathize with that and this other dude sucks (laughs) so i really i enjoyed that uh also who else oh speaking of jonathan byers another character who is totally not gonna uh, affect me anymore when i watch the series because he's from britain he's not an american dude and i thought he was just like a kind of like you know mediocre human like kind of kind of skeezy human? dude american <laughs> mediocre human <laughs> just like like average looking hu- he like was just guy. like an average he was just like an average american or not not even average but now i realize he's just like a normal british person you know right. he's just like a british dude he makes me think of like like who would be eddie furlong's like younger brother yes yeah i can see that yeah uh did you know that Charlie Heaton, I think, is his name. He's the guy that plays Jonathan Byers. Missed the premiere of Stranger Things too. Did you hear about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What, Some he drug was use. He got caught uh, coming like. into the country with cocaine. Yeah. Mm. La cocaine. Yeah. Rough. That's One pretty snort, dumb. Johnny. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> that makes me. That bums me out to learn that happened. Come on, he's celebrating it. his life, and he's probably got a little bit more money than what he's used to, and he, I'm sure well, he's not. I have no a, idea. I have no nothing I mean, about this man as me, person. I didn't know he was <laughs> British. That threw me off. <laughs> so was Millie Bobby Brown. That didn't yeah. surprise me, but she did interviews and stuff like pretty yeah. like quickly after the first season. She had most of the press. Right. This season, I think that, you know, at least from watching Beyond Stranger Things, they did a good job about like featuring almost everyone. Uh, 
I think only like a couple of the big name people didn't. Actually, only one person from the cast that I can think of didn't send anything in or say anything, and that was Winona Ryder. Oh yeah, everybody else was a part of it in yeah. some way. Like uh, David Harbor did like sent in things and talked about stuff or whatever. But anyways, let's move on, Brando. Where should we go from here, my friend? We've just kind of been like whirlwind talking. Random tangents of Stranger Things. Yeah. So like. They slowly start reinserting uh, the Upside Down back into the Hawkins uh, town, I guess you could say, through reports of, like, rotten crop for, like, pumpkins. And that was a result of, well, the ground underneath, uh, like, it, it, something is, like, tunneling or spreading, under like, underground. And it is affecting the crops. And, and of course, the dude, like, the dudes are, like, like holding up pitchforks, like dude, he's poisoning my crops. Everybody's blaming everybody. Yeah, uh, but this leads ultimately, eventually, and, 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 like we, then we get the whole dart uh, storyline, which uh, uh, you know uh, we actually missed where the where the boys uh, for Halloween went as the Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a fun. Uh reference one another thing i love about stranger things i'm just gonna keep listing these off randomly throughout the show tonight but another thing is uh all of the fun easter eggs like mm-hmm. like the ghostbusters was fun and i love that they were fighting over who got to be vankman that was cute i don't know if they heard you because you got kind of quiet did i yeah oh sorry you, you gotta <laughs> definitely talk up on the podcast they can only hear you through sorry here. sorry i'm slouching hold on uh but no she was saying that they that that she really enjoyed the argument of who was going to be Vankman. Oh yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, that was a nice little, uh, this, you know, tongue-in-cheek racist type thing. But it wasn't like, uh, like, like offensively racist because it was just sort of like it was eighties racist, dipping the toe in the water, <laughs> but like more like insinuating right. that you know. Um, but like it was it's expected because he's black. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, the argument for Vankman was, was really cool. And, of course, they show up at the school, and they're the only ones dressed up as the Ghostbusters. Yeah, and that's Well, they're the only ones dressed up. Well, that's right. Well, that's what I, that's kind of what I meant to say is that they were the only ones dressed up at all. It's like and high of course, school they're walking down the hall. And it's funny because, like, you know, these four kids were kind of, like, involved in the whole drama and mess of a year ago. And everyone just in this town has just sort of very quickly kind of forgotten, like, oh, these are the nerdy kids. Right. You know, the... the other than like Will, he's like what do they call him, Zombie Boy, or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I thought it was weird at the end where the girls like, "Do you want to dance, Zombie Boy, or whatever?" Yeah, and he's just like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I, okay. That was a great way to end the season. Spoilers, obviously. Uh, the <laughs> snow. What was it? The snowball dance or something like that? What was it called? Yeah, the snowball dance. Or something. Yeah, I like the introduction of a bigger bad than just from uh, the the quote Demogorgon 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 I like that one even better <laughs> but uh he's yeah. sort of Gordon like like the mind flayer like like they call him they they bring back the D&D stuff to name the villain which is I, I, I thought a nice touch but they bring in a bigger bad that's more cerebral and like more dangerous than just something that chases after you. Right. It has a it has a goal. It has an end game. Right. It, 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 like it's it has sentient. some sort of intelligence uh, other than just an animal. And then of course you know, uh, 
it seems to have some sort of calling or control over the little like smaller, younger, you know, demogordons. <laughs> the demogordons. <laughs> yeah, the little demodogs. Uh, I loved that it was like the hive mind mentality, and they kind of mm-hmm. you know dive into that more and more. Uh, there are. I'm trying to think about how this all takes place. I feel like isn't episode three? No, it's episode four when Will gets overtaken, right by the by the mind flayer. Is that episode three? I'm trying to call back after Bob's epic speech about standing up for himself, which mm. was mm-hmm. bad advice. Yeah, in the end, that and was that, the worst and, advice. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was funny yeah, because he that. actually thinks he's doing the right thing. For this, because they obviously uh, Bob has no right. Sense he's of got the knowing. best intentions, yeah, of yeah. course. But it ultimately that's what leads the season along right. in, in getting Will, who is naturally trying to run away from this, to stop, and then ultimately uh, being a being a pawn later on that makes that possible for the season to continue. Yeah, and like right out of the gate when Will is overtaken and he's like, no, it's too hot. He likes it cold. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Will's possessed. This is not going to turn out good. Like, I love a good possession story. Will, buddy, you have struck out two seasons in a row. First season, you're a lost boy. Now you're a possessed boy. No, this poor kid. He's going to be so damaged. Wonder if next season they'll kill him and unkill him or something. Hawkins will resurrect Will and he'll be a real zombie boy. God, you know, like because he has the worst luck. Like Bob Newby, Bob Newby had the worst luck also. Oh, uh, superhero, R.I.P. Yeah, we've said it. I mean, he's uh, Sean Aston's character was awesome because there's so many little nods to the Goonies and stuff. You know, like. Yeah. I loved all the 80s references in Stranger Things. I, although I can't really like think of what my favorite one would be. There was too many. Yeah, there's a lot. What did you think of? We were talking about Hall- the Halloween episode. That was episode two. Um, Max's role in this series, it's starting to uh, pick up a little bit. And her character really takes to the to the spotlight, the forefront of the season. She becomes the new female lead, kind of. Because the group is without Eleven, and Eleven is without her group. And there's this interesting, you know, dichotomy where Max is, you know... Like the replacement. The replacement, and she's trying to fit in, though. And some of the group wants her to, which is very sensible for a group of boys. Oh, yeah, of course, we'll have the girl join our team. And then there's huge resistance from Mike... And then Will just doesn't have any fucking idea what's really going on because there's something in his brain. Because he's just completely fucked at this point. And she jumps in with both feet. She's just like, yeah, we're going on an adventure. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yes, very much so. And I loved how... Well, if I had that home life, I would too. For real, for real. But I loved how Lucas told her the truth and, and really breaks it down to her like, hey, this is what what happened to us last year. Like, this is the shit we went through. And she's like, oh, that was great creative writing without saying it was great creative writing. You know, she's like, oh, that was a really good story. You know, I, I would have, it was a little obvious there at the end what you were going to do or whatever. But, you know, and then she comes to learn that it's like not a lie. Lucas is like, you don't get it. Like, I'm not, this is not a joke. <laughs> I uh, like how Bob, like, got pulled into the mix as well. Like, his whole role was really 
it was really fun to watch yeah yeah I, uh, it was like the Goonies reference with the treasure map trying to figure out it's like a puzzle trying to figure out a, like what's going on or where Hopper is right yeah, where Hopper went because he fell in the hole. Right, and then he like just thinks that it's a game, and then it turns into, you know, him getting sucked into the reality of the situation and becoming aware of it, and being like, "Oh, well, this is interesting." <laughs> like he was pretty chill about the whole thing. Yeah, Bob was definitely uh, his character was fun because he really was the hero. He had a lot of great advice. He did a lot of good things. Yeah, I can't say enough nice things about Bob. And then they just made sure you knew he was really, really, really fucking really dead. dead. Like he's rude. He's no questions about it, folks. There are four demo dogs eating the middle of his torso meat. Yeah, that like, was uncalled for. <laughs> man, it was uncomfortable when they shot back to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. I didn't like but that. I, we were talking about Max though, and you jumped to Bob for a second. Sorry, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Bob was but my favorite. I want to know about I want you know the Stones' opinion of Max because she is the new character that kind of filled Eleven's shoes, and she did have a hard, a hard role to play, really being unwanted and wanted, you know, so dearly. Uh, what did you guys think? I like how they made her character stand out, uh, especially like given like. Like the archetype for the character when you first see her, there's this uh, almost seems like generic tomboy character kind of coming in. Yeah. But then you, but then you start seeing that she's more of a tomboy, in essence, due to her environment because her brother is the way she way he, that he is, um, you know, bosses her around. She has to be tough. She has to be like she she's kind of very Californian. As, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, there's, but it, that also girl. makes her different from the other uh, female lead with Eleven, and I mean Eleven is it, like like Eleven is the powerhouse, you know. Right. And uh, they they took her in strides in this season. Of course, in the first season, they were trying to like remember how they played dress up with her, or you know trying to make her like yeah. make her blend in. And, and the she ridiculous did blonde but. wig. <laughs> um, but then as. Like she seems very tomboyish when you first see her, due to like the actual look of the hair, the style, due to like how they kind of kept her uh, at, at at Hawkins' lab. Mm-hmm. But then in this season, you know, her change is sort of like uh, she's becoming more feminine within her look. Uh, and then here, and here you are, and so now you're met with these two female characters who are part of the party, who are definitely in different places, and they're and they're not gonna like overstep each other they're they're right. each gonna have their spot and their and you space get a and their own taste character. of like eleven's cattiness in the gymnasium scene where she like makes her skateboard yeah. fly out from under her feet yeah that was fight for talking to mike she's like don't you fuck with my scary. man <laughs> yeah don't fuck with eleven's man man <clears throat> I, I i didn't know who was going next so i guess i'll take <laughs> back over uh the powers of skype land so uh one thing I want to talk about with Max is the uh, she was a character who was put in an interesting position because she had to be a part of a really like undertone racial issue that was happening with her brother. And man, there were just there were some real legitimate cringeworthy moments that came from that. Just like, oh my God, this person really exists. And it's so 
just kind of gross and not pleasant. Uh, go ahead, Brando. I, I like how they did it, but didn't overtly say it. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was not- never like you can't see him because he's black. It's Honestly, just like, I think don't if it was him. anybody, he would have reacted the same way. If she was talking to anyone, he would have been like trying to isolate her because he's a bully and a piece of shit. Okay. Yeah, but then even so much more uh, that that just brings up like that it, it that's something that is like something that ties even what's been you know going on in like today's society to some extent uh, into the show that is set back then, which of course I mean it was of course going on back then as well, but it it it, it ties that into a nice little bow where uh, you know they're tackling those issues within a nostalgic piece show right but that also shows us that things haven't really changed all that much right i mean because he's still because these assholes still exist you know right absolutely Mm -hmm. uh so moving on in the season you know where you know we talk a little bit about dig dug hopper goes under he thinks he solved the great mystery of what's going on he starts digging the vines. the The hole opens up. He gets sucked down. He ends up in like the the death pit or whatever. Uh, this season did a good job of leaving you going. Oh my gosh, there might not be hope for everyone to make it out. Okay, and uh, like we obviously talked about Bob, but there are other characters who are definitely in jeopardy throughout this season in various moments. Uh, you know, to talk about Hopper a little bit there. To talk about how bludgeoned Steve got when he got the shit kicked out of him by Billy. I mean, there are like... I mean, he was doing good for a while. He was... Yeah, he, he was, put up a fight. He put up a pretty but, good but fight. But then that just didn't matter. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, not sure his nose is going to make it through another season. <laughs> I know. They fuck him up every season, it seems. It's like each season, let's fuck up his face worse. <laughs> I loved the scene with Dustin and Steve going down the train tracks, by the way. A very Stand By Me episode. Yeah. <laughs> and just, like, uh, dropping the meat. They're trying to lure Dart. And at this point in the in the show, you're like, they've only got Dart to worry about. Right. What's the plan? And they're luring Dart to this, like, junkyard-type place that they've planned and they've got it all set up. And Lucas and Max meet uh, Stephen and and Dustin there, and nighttime befalls the bus, and they start to hear that Dart's coming, and Steve's like, "Oh, I got it. You know, I'll go handle this." Right, He's with not his taking the bait. Uh, yes, with the Lucille esque bat. So uh, he's like, uh, "Dart's not taking the bait. I'll be the bait." That's great. That's fine. Except for spoiler alert, they're like raptors. Yeah. And there were a clever fuck ton of them, and they caught Steve off guard, and he almost got taken out. That was crazy. Uh, that was a stressful scene. There were a lot of stressful scenes in this. This was season. a stressful season. I feel like Winona Ryder in season one, her stress level. <laughs> That's your stress level from season two. Yeah. And she didn't really have as big a stress level in season two. Like, she didn't have nearly as much freak out well, time. yeah, season one was horrific. I mean, could you imagine having a missing child? No, that's awful. No, yeah, not at all. I'd Ugh. much rather face a monster than that. 
Yeah, but I mean, the monster is possessing your kid. That's terrible, too. Jesus. I would not be a fan. At least you can be there to help your kid and save your kid. Hopefully. Or burn him to death. That was fucked up. That was a crazy thing when they started burning the... um, the tunnels and like will mm-hmm. just like started like twitching that was out awful that was a terrible scene as a mother that was a terrible scene man it's like someone get that kid to a hospital mm-hmm. the whole interrogation type scene where they tried to hide where they were yeah from will because because the now spy. the mind flayer could use him against uh against the group to find because them he would know where they were to send the demo dogs that was that was really cool. Um, how they like they they ended up like drugging him, and then they like put him up into uh, like was it the dryer's garage or shed? Yeah, and but they like blankets and cardboard all over. The damn phone rang. <laughs> uh, it's not like your cell phone that you can just turn off the ringer. Mm-hmm. The creepy thing about that was when Will was just like let me go and you're like oh will's gone he's not in there right now come back and i think we're all like oh shit (laughs) come back at a later time this is about to get intense uh i loved how this season did a great job of like i said they split the groups up and like not everybody was together 11 spent most of the season not with the group and i loved that reunion in the second to last episode uh that was a very satisfying moment Again, the payoff for this show is great. The the wrap up of what happened to her mom. Whoa, was, that Ooh. was intense. That, that was really was cool to see. Awful, that. wasn't it? Holy and, shit! And also heartbreaking for her. I mean, uh, of of course she's going to be the one to have to relive that, you know, mm-hmm. and to understand this person who just she just found out is actually still around is mentally broken but somehow aware enough to share her story with her right that was so dark oh i didn't like that at all (laughs) well and and from that though 11 i think had a extremely emotionally taxing season this time because actress is so amazing isn't she yeah millie bobby brown uh, but she had such an emotionally taxing season this season because she deals with the stuff with Mama. And then to go through the scene where she has to relive Papa coming back. You know, she got rid of him in season one, at least so we think. And there's some, you know, rumblings that he might not be fully gone. But, like, she has to face him because Eight's making her face him. As her uh, weapon. As her ultimate, like, fear, you know. Uh, and I thought that was just incredible because she had to unlock this new extreme, I guess, or a new level of her powers where she just had to kind of go beyond. Yeah, she almost had to go Super Saiyan from where Eleven was (laughs) in the first season. That was exactly, exactly that, yes. Yeah, it was a great season. I loved it. So what did you guys think about the Hopper 11 dynamic with with Hopper having having you know you find the story of him losing um uh, his daughter in season 1. Oh yeah. I thought I loved but, their their scenes together were great. Like you have to like witness her um being locked up in this house for her safety for her own good with just this man but 
you know, they've got this father-daughter dynamic growing and building throughout, you know, their time together. And I really liked that aspect of the story. I like when he is stuck at the lab and he goes out to use the radio to call on their channel. Mm-hmm. And, of course, she's not home. But then through her connection ability, she ends up hearing him. Yeah. And hearing what, like, hearing what he says. And uh, I really like that they were somehow able to like, like play magic with her abilities to, because she it seems like she doesn't need to see them in the present, right? Or, yeah, or whatever. It, at least doesn't seem like it's happening in the present. I guess maybe they could be doing some timey whiny things where things things are happening with Eleven may not be happening in exact time reference with where they're happening in the show, but it doesn't really seem like it. It kind of seems like that she can just. Uh, emotionally connect with someone or something and then see whatever she needs to see from that. Right. Even though they played a little bit of magic with that, uh, it was really cool because uh, that was one of the deciding moments that I feel like made her want to go back. Yeah, and I loved that uh, talking about, uh, like, Eleven's powers and her ability, you know, she actually says that because she's talking to Joyce and she's like, I saw, I saw. And no one even bats an eye when she says that. No one's like, how did you see? They're just like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. She she was a part. Somehow she saw what was going on. No big deal. Uh, so I, I just, I loved her arc in this season. And Hopper, if we're talking about the dynamic with her and Hopper, the where the season starts, she's being locked up for her own good. She's got the uh the all the different entertainment abilities that she has she can watch tv and whatnot uh and then they play on taking the tv away from her and it's because she doesn't even care about the tv she cares about getting lost in the static because she's looking for will and they're both on their own journeys counting how many days they've been apart since the incident at the end of season one i thought that was a beautiful thing by the time we get to season eight uh, or episode eight of this season, <laughs> not season eight. They're not going to have one, I don't think. But episode eight of this season, and when the reunion happens, it's just like, man, the magic in that moment was so impactful and incredible. And I just loved how once Eleven joined the group, everyone had their own objective, and the group had to, even though they were all a part of the the same team. Like, Eleven and Hopper had to start what they finished and go back, and it's like the beginning of the season, it was just Eleven and Hopper. Now we're ending the season, and they're going back into Hop, Hop, the Hawkins lab, and it's just Eleven and Hopper doing it. And then Steve is watching a majority of the kids and trying to just play protector. The buyers are, you know, going to burn out uh, Will and get the mind flare out of him. Have an exorcism. Have an exorcism with heaters. That was fucking crazy. Uh, But then in all of that, Steve's group decides that they can actually be of assistance. And before they get to be of assistance, there's the fight. But Kate, you have a thought. Go ahead. Pull it up. I was just going to say that they all had to come together and... um work together and then separate to do their own thing because none of them would have figured it out on their own because they're like operating on different levels yes they absolutely absolutely uh and i loved how when uh, earlier in the season max is trying to join the group and be a part of the group and get her get her place she's like i'm a zoomer 
and they don't really get it. And then we get the scene where she's got to drive the car because Steve has just had the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> and the boys are all too afraid to really do it, I guess. Uh, and and she, they got to go light some shit on and fire. Like, <laughs> and they got to light some shit on fire. And Lucas is giving her like shoddy directions of just like, oh, shit, you got to turn now. Oh, now is the turn. Like, what are you doing? Uh, and she's like, look, I am valuable to your party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I hope. Fast travel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's fast track or fast pass from uh, South Park. <laughs> Fractured but whole. God. <laughs> I knew she was going to say, oh, God. She hates the name of that one. Oh, yeah. You guys I think it's hilarious. For a while. <laughs> I crunched that game. Bam, bam. Uh, man, I want them to make a Stranger Things like console game speaking of they do have like a uh it is like a retro 16-bit game for stranger things where you play as hopper it's really mobile. yeah yeah that's red i um, tried that but I, I also want to mention another new character that we got introduced to, and that is the guy at the Hawkins lab. I can't remember. Doctor Owens. Doctor Owens. Oh, Paul, Paul Reiser. Reiser. Yeah. yeah. How yes, cool was we... it to have a representative from the Hawkins lab that isn't a total douchebag? Yeah, he was trying to be fair. Yeah. He was well, like a well, reasonable, not really bad guy or not really good guy. He was just doing but his job. He'll still straight up murder your ass, you know. Well, you know, he he still has to be like. Well, this and that, but ultimately he he turns out to be helpful to the group, and then of course in the end he he does you know he he upholds his end of the bargain and helps uh, get uh, Eleven to have somewhat of a normal life. Okay, so and, oh, go ahead, Kate. Sorry. Um, uh, like when the mind player takes control of Will, yes. he sticks up for him because everybody else is just like, well, if he dies, he dies, and he's like, but he's a human. He turns right. out to be a pretty decent dude, you know. Yeah, he does. I have a question. How does he? It's his voice on the tape that condemns Hawkins' lab because he's talking to uh to uh Jonathan and Nancy. So like when the series or uh, this season wraps up. He he helps Hopper out, but he's like not in jail or anything. I'm, I I was kind of confused by that. Like it's his voice that essentially confesses to all this shit, and he he he's it seems has not been punished for for being a part of Hawkins Lab. And I don't know if that's just because he was just an employee and isn't complicit or whatever they're gonna say. But I I, f- I found that was like one maybe tiny little thing that they didn't uh, explore. I have no. I think idea. maybe at the end of the day, he's just a doctor. And so maybe they can't hold him responsible for everything that went down because he was kind of just trying to clean it up. Yeah, I like that. I don't, I have no idea. I, I don't know. Something they'll never explore. I'd have to rewatch it and the think about it. into Dr. Owens. <laughs> I rewatched it. The whole thing. No, you do watch Season it. one and two. <laughs> I, know you I was just saying earlier I wanted to do that. I wanted. I was like, man, now that we watch season two, I really want to watch season one again and then season two again. <laughs> but that also kind of like correlates with what I was telling you, Nate, earlier today about this article I read on Facebook saying that uh, if you binge watch TV shows, it releases like more dopamine in your brain, which is like the feel good, you know, hormone or whatever. And uh, when you stop watching it, it like kind of makes you crash a little bit. So you should keep binge watching shows. I guess so. It's like a drug, a natural drug for your brain. It you could do the whole season of Stranger Things in like a day and a half. The two the two seasons. Mm -hmm. If you were dedicated, for sure. 
Oh, yeah, well, I mean, shit, if you woke up early in the morning and started with episode one of season one, you could probably get it done in a day. It'd be like 17 hours right about. Yeah. Well, we Ain't have to nobody watch How to Train it. Your Dragon at least <laughs> twice a day. So You have to watch what? How to Train Your Dragon. Uh-huh. <laughs> Every morning, at least. A dragon movie. <laughs> a dragon movie? Yeah, Ollie didn't really like that movie. one. I think it kind of scared him a little bit when we watched it, but we watched it like when it when it came out. Like maybe I can't remember when. We moved from Moana to that, and I can't say that I'm mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> Glad that Moana finally ran its course. Well, no, he watched it today. Yeah, we watched oh. it today. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't seen Moana yet. But all the little girls at, at the preschool are talking about Moana, and they are all singing Moana songs now. It's on Netflix. Okay, well we'll have to check it out. Uh, everything's like, on Netflix. Dis- Disney movie. Not everything, unfortunately. So, so season ten, I think, is gonna be, or season ten. Jesus, my numbers are off. <laughs> you guys. keep making the joke longer, about it. Nate. <laughs> it's not gonna Get your happen. Head in the game episode. Er, okay. Season three of Stranger Things, I think we'll have ten episodes. And then season four of Stranger Things, I feel, is going to have eleven. I see and what they because did. Because they did eight in season one, nine in season two, and then ten in season three, eleven in season four. It just makes sense to me. It'll be the final season. It's they can have symmetry. a little extra so- a little extra story. You know. I don't know. I don't know what the well, Duffer Brothers hoping, have planned. Because that's a nice marketing opportunity. Yeah, but uh, you know, again, you don't want to force it. Just let the story tell you know tell itself. When I, I, once you get where you want to go, uh, just let it go until you feel like it's done. And uh, whether that does take ten or eleven episodes, or whether that takes seven or eight, you know, for another one. I know, but there's uh, so many characters and there's so many you know mm-hmm. good storylines that they could fill up. 11 episodes easily and not make people sick of it they were in eighth grade this year yeah so next year they're going to be in high school yeah yep so that's going to be a whole other like story arc of them entering a new realm of their life you know it's almost like a like a passage of right is going into high school and being completely and utterly uncomfortable with yourself they're going to go <laughs> back to being the small fries yeah yeah, like, it doesn't really. Seem like they're super in popular they're anyway. Go. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they're definitely Fucking already small fries, but it's gonna, you know, be amplified. Well, yeah, and then like, when are Nancy and Jonathan gonna graduate? And Steve, they're in high school. What grade were Steve they? Steve was a senior this year. The, yeah, they're all seniors because yeah. he was talking about not going to college and just working for his dad. And I think Nancy's a junior. Okay, okay. And and Jonathan's the same year yeah. as Nancy. Yeah. Okay. So, soon. <laughs> well, I like them together as a couple. That was weird though. It was adorable. That was like the, the most awkward sexual tension moment where this drunk dude's just like calling it like he sees it. I know, with two teenage kids, like that's so inappropriate and fucking weird. Yeah. So how was the pull out? Yeah. It's like <laughs> uh, really? These are like the couch. <laughs> barely just grown-ups they're children <laughs> yeah but uh ew when did i turn into one of those grown-ups <laughs> what does that mean where you feel like i feel like i'm starting as i'm getting older you know i am 30 now 
And as I'm getting older, I feel like I'm starting to resonate with the grown-ups in the in the movies that I used to love watching, as opposed to like the kids, which are the main characters. Oh God, yeah. I'm. I feel like I don't relate to them on like a kid level. I'm like now I'm your mom. Right. Like I was watching Little Mermaid with Oliver not that long ago, and. Uh, King Triton was like reprimanding his 16 year old daughter for wanting to run away and get married like thinking that she's like a grown up and whatnot. and I was like but oh daddy, my god I it's like bitch him. calm down you're 16 you know <laughs> you can't be getting married what are you thinking are you insane like, you don't love him you're 16 just get over it yeah for real like so what kind of <laughs> well, so what kind of crap has been going on uh, you know we were talking about being more like you know mature and adult here what is going on with the media you know and them referring to millie bobby brown as a sexy actress oh it's She's gross 13. i don't like it oh i haven't heard anything about that like, i why are try to live my life drama free <laughs> okay so they recently i don't know what the magazine was but she was listed as one of the sexiest actresses right that's super weird. She's thirteen. She's I like think, super right? young. 13? Yeah, she's that's like 13. exploitation, like what they did with Tatum O'Neill. I don't whatever. <laughs> so like it's just uh, I personally I think that there's a lot of really fucked up shit happening in Hollywood now, and I think it's all going to get burnt to the ground, and they're going to have to find a way to start over because shit's not pretty in that world, and stuff like this should not be happening. Uh, Finn, I mean, Finn Wolf Hard, the kid that plays Mike, right? Yeah. He, he came out recently and he's like, don't harass my friends or none of us are going to try to talk to you. Talking about the cast of Stranger Things, you know, they're all younger kids. And they're, he's like, seriously, y'all are adults. You cannot harass us. That's not going to get us anywhere closer to you. It's crazy. And you can't sexualize children. Exactly. Because they're children and that makes you a pedophile. Right, that's just like Hollywood. The like you have to be really careful with child actors. I feel, I feel like that's why there hasn't been like a lot of um, things like Stranger Things anymore because um, the the chil- the children are like being mistreated and they just don't even want to deal with it. So nobody's making shows about them anymore. That's why everybody in High School Musical was like twenty seven. Right, they cast you know early twenty somethings to play teenagers you know oh gosh what was the like we don't was know it, um, the guy in 90210 which which actor was it he was like 30 or something 35 what really i don't think i'm old enough for that luke perry? Well, i'm i'm sorry you're talking about uh, luke I'm perry my age here <laughs> i used to watch 90210 sometimes when i was a kid i led a very sheltered childhood and i think you're talking about luke perry watching. right Luke Perry. See, I I was getting him confused with Matthew Perry, and I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> wrong guy. Matthew Perry's no, wrong. The wrong one. <laughs> yeah, Chandler. Luke Perry. Um, i trying to see how, how old he is now. He's 51 now. Holy <laughs> shit. Luke and Perry still the, looks uh, pretty good, though. Beverly Hills 90210 debuted in 1990. Mm-hmm. I can't math that fast. I'm so sorry. I mean, that was twenty-seven well, was years like, ago. Twenty-seven years ago. Oh, true. So Ooh. he was in thirty-four. No, it, it was close to that. Um, but I just remember, like, remember hearing that and went, "That is so weird." 
that they got this dude who is that old to play like a high schooler. Yeah. <laughs> it seems kind of unusual for that time period, at least. Like, you'd expect mm. that from the late 90s and into the 2000s, but not so much in the early 90s. All right, so a couple things I wanted to do on this Stranger Things podcast. If you could tell me one, uh, go ahead, your favorite scene from this season starting with Veronica. What scene was like your most memorable scene this season? Hmm. Um, well, there was a lot of different things of, of about Stranger Things too that I liked this season, but I really did like uh, the relationship between Dustin and Steve. And how that unfolded. And I thought they had some good, really good, funny scenes together. And it was like very like reminiscent of those old 80s coming-of-age movies. And I, I liked that. It was, it was good. Awesome. This was a very satisfying season. Brando? Wow. Um, as, I'm, as I'm trying to think about what one of my favorite scenes are. And it would be... Um, oof. I liked, man, you really put me on a spot here, because it it's very easy to say, like, you know, the very end, when they're in at the snowball, and, you know, the stalker music is playing, and it flips upside down to show, like, the upside down high school. Oh, that was so rad, wasn't school. it? Yes, and hovering over the high school is the mind flayer. Uh, yeah. I liked that a lot. And then, as a side, I, I, I like this too. Uh, when Billy's hanging out in his room, jamming to some uh, Four Horsemen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With the Kill 'em All poster on the wall. Yes, he yes. did. That, and that album would have just come out the year before. I know. So it's like a fairly fresh album if we're talking about Metallica history in regards to the Stranger Things timeline. God, that's a bitchin' album. He was cool as fuck in that regard, but he sucked everywhere else. God, that guy was so gross. And then he put, like, cologne all over his... Oh, my God. He put it on his gross. junk, too. <laughs> yeah. Had that cigarette no hanging from He looked like Kiefer Sutherland so... from Lost Boys. That fucking um, eerie. He's trying to be, like, 80s James Dean, kind of, like, looking, you know? Yeah, in those um, pants. I like the hair product. Yeah, the um, Farrah Fawcett hair. Conversation with... <laughs> With Steve and Dustin, that was really cool. And then Dustin showing up with the hair product in his hair mm -hmm. <laughs> was, was really fun. And it's just completely different because his hair is so curly. I know. Right. So, so now it looks like he's got like almost like a jerry curl going on. Mm -hmm. That pompadour. Yeah. Kate, what about you? What was your favorite scene or something that was super memorable from this season? Um, I really liked that we got to see Dustin's mom because oh my God, I yes. feel like... I connect with her because I'm such a cat lady. That's so real. <laughs> I loved her relationship with Dustin and how adorable they were, like, laughing together for no reason. And she's such a supportive mom, too. She's like, yeah, you go do the thing. I know. She's so but sweet. But then Muse. I also really liked at the... Um, towards the, i think it was the last episode when steve's just like we're not doing this and all the other kids are like yes we are just you're <laughs> along for the ride the deal with it <laughs> he's like trying to be responsible and they're just like we have to go right. and it turns out for the best when he's coaching dustin in the car like uh, like how to like talk to the girls and then dustin does that little purr thing <laughs> the growl yeah, yeah don't do don't do that <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, uh, I will say if I'm thinking about f 
favorite scenes from this season. Really, I think when the Mind Flayer gets taken out of Will, that scene with the actor that plays Will, Noah Schnapp, and and the whole cast that was in that room, Nancy and Jonathan and uh, Joyce, like when Will's getting burnt to fuck up, like that's an insane and intense scene to, to live through, to think about like putting yourself in Will's position as the kid who's like has to go through it or putting yourself through Joyce Byers position to the brother Jonathan, or the brother like ev- it's all high stakes and then if you're Nancy you're watching your brother's best friend possibly die in front of you how traumatic yeah uh, it's a stressful situation but for yeah, all parties I, I liked that scene and then also I really loved the scene with Dart uh well not with Dart but with Steve Dustin going into the uh, crawl space basement area to see if Dart was still there. Oh yeah, that was scary. Uh, and of course, the, the what? Whoa, big trouble! Yeah, he, he got out. out. He figured his way out. Uh, so yeah, I liked that a lot. Uh, I liked Dart's relationship with Dustin as well, based on uh, mutual love of nougat. Man, you have to shed a little tear for the demo dog when he's lying there dead next to the nougat wrapper. I was just like, aw. Son of a bitch. I'm definitely Team Dustin there. I love a good nougat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Team Dustin. Nougats are delicious. Three Musketeers for the win. I I, love them. I like the mint Three Musketeers. Dark chocolate. I I know you don't like chocolate. I don't like mint chocolate. Mint chocolate. Fuck that shit. I can't do minty chocolate either. Not really. Unless it's an Andy's mint. Oh, Andy's mints are dope. Those York. are bomb. That's the only peppermints. one. Ew, yeah. fuck no. See, I, I love minty chocolate, chocolate, so I win every time. You could say it, minty chocolate. <laughs> I'm going to be like, yes, that's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Three Musketeer minty one. I just that, It's not around anymore, is it? I don't think so. I think they quit making them. They only made them for a short run well, there. Well, that's probably for the best. <laughs> Stop it. Nate was the only one that liked them. They have dark chocolate uh, Kit Kat bars now. I know oh, we've had them. Yeah, those are delicious. They, it was pretty good. I was like, I'm, I'm a big Kit Kat fan. They had white chocolate ones uh, not that long ago. Nate, remember the green tea like ones them. that we had that one time? Yes. Oh, green yeah. Tea uh, you Kit told Kats me you had shit. That's so weird. They're delicious. What the fuck would that even taste like? Like amazing. Hmm. Like okay. they're from Japan and like they have like 10 million flavors of Kit Kats. They do. I want to try them all. That's amazing. I mean, I love I a good matcha, those. but I can't imagine it mixed with chocolate. <laughs> it, it, it's so weird. It, it was like your instant reaction is to not like it, and then you go, well, it's not that bad, actually. We're, we're going to tangent to foodies for a second because now I have a question. Have you guys ever had mochi? No, no, I don't think so. Neither of them. Mochis. Have had mochi. um, I, I have. <laughs> no. I'm always down for mochis. <laughs> <laughs> no, mochi is a um, Japanese ice cream ball <laughs> that's like in like a protective skin. <laughs> that sounds really bad. Oh my bad. god, you're doing a terrible <laughs> job of describing this. Okay, so Whole Foods just opened in uh, down the street. And they have a self-serve mochi bar, and they've got, like, several different flavors of it, and it's so freaking good. It's, like, delicious ice cream and, uh, like, wrapped in some kind of, like, sticky rice concoction of some sort. 
and um, they've got like mango and chocolate and vanilla and coffee and red pistachio bean. and red oh. bean and green tea. And they're really, really tasty. Long story short, next time you guys are up, we should go to the mochi bar and have some mochi. Red bean? Red bean. As in? Red bean. Red bean. As in red bean. <laughs> As in, I well, said the I'm same thinking, thing, like what? And he's like, no. You're well, thinking, I'm like thinking like Bush's kidney. baked beans? <laughs> no, I'm thinking of that kidney beans. <laughs> I didn't well, really like the red bean. No, it's more Munchy. like... Munchy. Yeah, she uses red bean paste a lot in her cooking. Okay. Yeah. We watched this um, Korean woman on YouTube, and she is hilarious. And, like, all of her videos, she says, oh, crunchy, crunchy. Super crunchy, crunchy. <laughs> Super crunchy, crunchy. Super crunchy, crunchy. Nice. But she uses red bean paste a lot in her recipes. I think we'd be foolish before we get out of here today on this little Stranger Things special if we didn't riff a little bit on what we think they could do moving forward. You know, I feel like uh, to predict season two from season one, you almost couldn't have. But I feel like uh, the one thing I will say going into season three that will be hopefully this time next year, they have to raise the stakes even more. And I don't know what the chess piece is to do that. Does one of our main characters have to die? Does something great like is what 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 makes the stakes go from zero to eleven? Right, like they didn't really well, leave it I on mean, a cliffhanger, you <laughs> when know. You, when you're talking about death, that's a uh, that's a really heavy subject. And when you're talking about death and any of the main characters, we've had a character die in any season, but it's always been like a side character. Starting uh, with the letter B. Barb. Yeah, Bob and Barb. Uh oh. Um, yeah, R.I.P. Barb. <laughs> Billy's next. Finally, just got justice oh. for Barb. We can hope. That see, that would be something, and because um, it, it seems like they kind of like that redemption type thing. Yeah, and and they could do something with Billy to where he's still an asshole, but he dies to save somebody. So that was like, Nate's ah. prediction for this his character this season. Because I asked him, I was like, "What do you think this character is going to be like?" He's like, "Well, I think that he's going to have a redemption story at the end, where he's like a hero or something." And I was thinking, "No, I think this guy's just here to fuck shit up. <laughs> <laughs> he's just going to continue to be a giant asshole." Yeah, yeah he was. Well, he no, was awful. I think he's going to be an asshole uh, going forward. But I think they might actually, if they kill him, they're definitely not just going to go. Now you're glad that that, that he's dead. It's going to be like you're glad, but then there's a twinge of, "Well, he did something." good or if he saves yeah, max we'll and like puts happens. his ass on the line to save max yeah you know and then of course maybe also um uh lucas or something yeah where it's like unexpected he does, yeah where like he you know he wouldn't do it but then you know he does so um but there's also like dustin and hopper got mm. exposed to stuff in the upside down so maybe they're gonna get fucked up oh i didn't even think Uh, about that you also have 11 trying to adapt to regular life i'm excited about that particular storyline to see what they're gonna do with 11 going forward because you know uh she's now legally like adopted right is she gonna uh, go to high school with them now or what probably not legally (laughs) and i don't know if she could go to high school because i'm not sure where her education level would necessarily be at they're still working on the dictionary yeah yeah, they're still working on like dictionary and trying to figure out words. So telling time. She, I feel like she still hasn't adapted, like or like tapped into her true potential. She can like close the upside down and do all this crazy. Can't she just like put her hand on a fucking dictionary and take all of its knowledge in immediately? I feel like she's a learn by all osmosis. Of that. What was yeah. that Nickelodeon show with the 
black kid alien. He could read the whole book by by placing oh, his hand yeah, on it. The alien was that one. Oh, crap! Space cases. Watch no, no, that was that. that no, was, space no, cases space. was great though. I don't. I loved space cases. But this I know, kid I like, love that girl's the attic, and he was like there. He was. It was like American Dad, but way before that. That's <laughs> exactly <laughs> what yeah. it was like. I remember that show. It was on like right after the Secret World of Alex Mack. Yeah. Where she turned into a T one thousand. Pretty much. Mm. And Man, then, like that was a great burped, show. She burped out like radioactive like bubbles. Something like that. For real, I feel like somebody needs to Google the name of this show though, because it's going to drive me crazy. Because I really did watch it all the time. Well, Brandon's on the Google machines <laughs> Brandon's right now. Brandon's on it. Get on it, Brando. Uh, so I've already said my MVP for the season is Steve. Mine's it's Bob. Bob. Kate. Oh shit! You're putting me on the spot. Sorry, um, I didn't, I, I didn't realize season. we were going to move that quickly into it, or I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I thought we were going to take a couple more seconds. It didn't really happen. I, it's probably a cop out, but I'd say Steve too. I mean, Steve is just like, damn it, he's so sucky in the first season, and it's not like he's the worst, but he's kind of the worst. And then this season, you see him get his heart broke, and he's trying to have this redemption, and then he's got to like completely give up Adventures on his heartbreak he's literally in the middle of heartbreak and dustin's like hey do you still have that bat with the nails like i'll tell you when we get there let's go we've got other shit to do and i love that he just had it in his trunk and then steve just turns into this fucking likable guy like you go oh i t- i can totally relate to that person like and he's just trying to be helpful mm-hmm. he's not this is when he, he's he's being exposed to not being the douchey person that he puts on at the high school uh, and so. he was never really as bad as Billy. No, no, no never on that he level. He was just like a little twat. Yeah. yeah. Destroyed Jonathan I like Byers' how, camera. I, I, I like how when they're at the party, typically Steve would be the one, like the life of the party. Right. But now he's like babysitting um, his drunk Nancy. girlfriend. Nancy. <clears throat> and like she's the one kind of going off. And he's just like. I, I really feel like he, since the first season, he's like, he's grown up. It's like he's adulting. And. He's getting thrust into this world where now he has to like be be the bigger guy because obviously he's he's pretty tore up about the whole thing with Nancy, but he's he's got to move forward. You know that's what you do as an adult. As an aside, I did find the name of that show. Sure, the journey of Alan Strange. Yes, I do not remember that Thank show you. at all. I liked both, that one. And then the logo, you can barely see it on the on on, on here, but like. When it says Alan, it almost kind of looks like like it could be alien. Mm-hmm. And it has like a little like thing. QX Files. Because he's yeah. an alien. So, Brandon, is Steve your MVP as well for the season? Absolutely. Okay. Um, I think so because uh, I really feel like he is probably one of the most developed characters from, from the very, you know, inception of the show going forward i mean they've had a lot of development but he's the one that has like he really did a lot this season i mean sure you know i think if you're gonna say who's the mvp of the season it would be, be it would be between him and bob yeah and even though like, like it seems bob to be really the consensus the but i mean bob really was a superhero yeah bob could have just ran a little bit further and bob would still be around yeah, right? Like uh, why would you stop time. running? Like, oh, I because shut the door. Do. Great. <laughs> Those things break down doors, Bob. <laughs> yeah, for real, Bob. Get your head out of your ass. Interestingly we enough, when this. I was watching the Beyond Stranger Things thing, the Duffer Brothers said that in an early draft, when Bob gave Will the advice, 
Will killed Bob. And they realized when they cast Sean Astin in the role, they wanted to keep him around longer, so they immediately changed that decision, and he didn't die off right then. I'm glad they didn't go that way. Yeah, that I don't think that would have that gone ki- as that well. That poor kid's already fucked up enough. You don't need to add murder to his conscience. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's been through enough shit. He's been through enough shit. I mean, poor thing's possessed. And he's been lost in the upside down, fending for himself for what seemed like a lifetime. Yeah, for real. How is he not a in a mental wheat, institution? Dude. Like, like, what did he eat? Yeah, for Pro- real. I mean, maybe that's what that slug. Maybe that he eating. ate the baby demodog, and that's why he oh, spit he- it back up. He thought it was succulent <laughs> octopus or something. Ew, I don't think that's true. Well, he had that tube down his throat at some point. But, oh uh, yeah, man. Um, man, just. Shout out to Mike's parents for just knowing where the hell he is and, uh, you know, really just being responsible. Yes. You know, they, they they really have a handle on their life. And, and you know, sometimes you wonder, it's like, where's the little baby kid? Where you the know? fuck is Holly? Uh, where is she God. at right now? We don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. There's the ending Holy of, shit, I forgot about her. You know, there's the... There's a scene at the very end of season one where they have the thing at the school, you know, at the very end, and uh, they show up and Mike is in, the, uh, you know, sitting on the back of the ambulance, and they run, you know, mom runs up, oh, hugging him, make sure you're okay. Dad's talking to, you know, kind of like the medic there, and where's 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 Holly? Did they leave her home? Is she in the car? Is she in the upside down? Is she down <laughs> on the street? Did they get rid of her <laughs> like they got rid of Will's dog? <laughs> <laughs> what <Would> I do <laughs> the, yeah, when, when we rewatch that scene when uh, it's in season one where like the whole family's like getting mad you know Mike's mad because he wants to go out and find Will they won't let anybody leave because he's missing um, Nancy wants to go be with Steve and like like the whole family's mad Mike and ounce then, uh, Nancy yeah yeah and then and then she goes well I hope you're happy Ted and he's like what I do <laughs> what I do? <laughs> I love it. Such a douchebag. Do you think that um, Mike and Nancy's mom is going to end up with Billy? Oh, is that going to be know. the? Is that going to be the next season? Is I that, don't think so. Because it was like you know she was annoyed with Ted. It was like visible annoyance over and over again. Then she's reading this dirty novel, and then like the <laughs> dude from the cover just like rings the doorbell. Right, she's in her tummy. <laughs> and she's in like her nighty and like uh you know uh, uh what she do you call was it? living out her perfect little fantasy without you know it getting a little too steamy. Because she's married. Think about how her life probably went. Like, she probably didn't want to marry Ted, but she probably got pregnant with Nancy unexpectedly, and she's just like, well, I guess this is my life now. Ted was in the bathroom going, what'd I do? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Ted's got problems. Oh, he's the worst. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if there's really anything else. I would rate this season a solid, like, A. I don't know if it's a plus or minus, but it is a solid A. Uh, I'm excited to see the future of this show. Only got two seasons left, so we're right now at the midway point of Stranger Things. I am very excited. Yeah, I thought that this season, it was a great additive. They They didn't miss a beat. They really... The you know sometimes when you have such a good outing or have a good season, it, it's difficult to follow it up. I mean, look at Dexter, sophomore I mean, slump. 
you know, we bring up that show so much with having like a great season and then the next one and just slump. Mm-hmm. When this show didn't do that, it fired on all cylinders and really it took their time and they and they told a good story. And so um, I'm really excited to see what comes next from the show. And uh, I would say that it is that second season is as good as, as the first uh, 100%. I agree. I thought it was great, and uh, I can't wait to see what they do with the next season. For sure. Hell yeah. Well, Brando, is there anything else we want to add to this episode before we wrap today? I think that about covers it, man. Uh, I'm really happy that we finally got to get together and talk all about Stranger Things because this is a a show that that we were kind of late to the party last year, but we were right on it this year. And, uh, you know, it took a few episodes to get this thing to happen, but I'm, I'm glad that we finally got to it. And I can't wait to revisit uh, next year after season three or whenever that comes out. I've heard, pray tell, that it may not be released until 2019 oh. due to filming schedule. Are they doing a ga- but, pulling a Game of Thrones? Yeah, maybe. But uh, whenever it happens, I'll, I'll man, it'd be really awesome to get back with you guys and, uh, and, and yeah, discuss definitely. a little bit more about this. Hell yeah. Well... Let me go through the plugs before we get out of here today, folks. As always, you can check Journey Into Comics out at journeyintocomics.com and on all the different podcasting platforms, whether it's iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Overcast, Downcast, Podchaser, doesn't matter. You can also check out Kate's show, Butt Stuff Podcast, right here on the network. You can check out myself and Veronica's other show, Foodies Watching Movies, right here on the network. And you can also check out Game Addicts Podcast at Game Addicts podcast.com that's brando's other show also a part of our network uh give us a five-star rating on itunes as always we really appreciate it check us out on all of our different social medias whether it's at facebook at journey into comics podcast at instagram at journey into comics or on twitter at jic network get us on youtube we also put videos up there and also definitely subscribe to the journey or to the uh game addicts podcast youtube because they have live videos and we love seeing those uh, I think that's going to do it for today, folks. Thank you guys so much for joining me. This was awesome to have the four of us do this kind of amalgamation episode as we did for uh, Stranger Things. Thank you, guys. Thanks, yeah. Veronica, for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was Absolutely. Fun. Kate, thank you for coming on. It was awesome to have you here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Brando, as always. Always <laughs> a pleasure to sit down and nerd out with you, Nate. Hell yeah, my brother. Well, if that's going to do it for this week of Journey into Comics, I guess we're going to do the pointing game now. If that's going to do it, I'm Nate. I'm Brando. (laughs) Veronica. I'm Kate. (laughs) And we will see you all next time. Keep filling your brains with shit.